0: It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton.
1: All right, welcome aboard, Dennis and Brady, for another edition of the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Always a lot of fun, but it's always a lot of fun when we come off a night of good victories for a lot of the local teams.
2: Yeah, and saw a couple fun games last night, so...
1: But we'll get to last night later because we're going to open with Monday because we did see a couple of games on Monday. It's a little lighter schedule, so we'll have a, a, a little lighter segment in the first segment because the second segment is going to take us four hours to get through all those games last night. <laughs> right,
2: and we're just <laughs> starting to get into the thick of conference play, so a couple of questions. I mean, some interesting matchups happened, but there's
1: some more coming in the next
2: few days, too.
1: So, I'm just telling you, the Marysville Vikings got their first win last night, and they're right in the thick of it in the silver right now, baby. That's true. It is true. All right, we'll take a, our first break here, and then we'll get into it. When you run with us on a Gator UTV... <laughs>
3: 800- 2507520.
4: again magna.com forward slash careers get a fresh start with magna international today
1: finding that missing shin guard remembering whether it's a home or away game
2: getting the right kid to the right playing field on the right day why are simple things
1: sometimes so complicated thankfully with auto owners insurance doesn't have to be one of them we work with independent agents who keep insurance simple so you can worry about more important things like not being that fan. Oh, come on, Ref. That's simple human sense. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com.
0: If you're not listening to Get Stuck on Sports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports.
1: All right, welcome back, uh, Dennis and Brady, and let's start with uh, Monday. Uh, And we'll start with uh, girls basketball on Monday because there were five games and only one boys game. And we covered two of the five girls games. And we saw two of the teams that are in our top five in our uh, media poll for girls basketball in uh, Marine City and Imlay City. Um, I will say this about Marine City. They are relentless early in games. Like, uh, they pre- they pressure to the point where they actually get themselves into foul trouble.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. If they get <clears> – <throat> like, if you get uh, officials that will call it tight, they will get into foul trouble, but they are deep enough that if a girl or two gets into foul trouble, they have someone that they can bring in to kind
1: of not make that an issue. Well, and the other part about it is is that even with the fouls, they're successful with it, and they get out to big leads – uh, in these games at Alconac, they won the first quarter by 15 points. Um, and part of that was Janie Ferrone scored 11 in the first quarter and knocked down three of their five three-pointers. They only made five three-pointers the entire game. They made them all in the first quarter. And they were up 23-8 to eight and pretty much coasted from there. And I'm going to tell you that was one of the sleepiest second halves of basketball I have ever seen. The third quarter was two to one, and all three points were scored in the first minute of the quarter. Oh. So there was seven minutes solid of scoreless basketball between two decent teams, like Algonac's not bad, and we know Marine City's really good. Yeah. Um. I don't know what happened. And, and the fourth quarter wasn't much better. There were 13 points scored in the entire second half between the two teams. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Marine City got it done 44-20. to, to 20. It was their eighth straight win. They're 8-1 to start. Um, Chloe Austin was really good, 12 points. Uh, Ferrone had all 11 of her points in the, the first uh, quarter. Jocelyn Dietland, this is two games in a row where she's been a beast. Ten points, and again, double digits, uh, rebound. Jade Blanchard had 32 points the game before. She actually played a good basketball game, but only scored five points because they didn't need her to do anything more than that. Rebound, play defense, and tonight we have three other kids that are scoring in double digits, so we don't need you to to, to score a lot of points. They, they spread it around. They are very, very deep. Um, they they can play a lot of kids and get uh, a lot of contribution from a lot of uh, kids. So my first look at Elginac, they've got a lot of athletes. Mm -hmm. Um, Ella Stevenson, we we know from softball, uh, she led them with uh, six points. Uh, Sophia DuVernay, we know from softball, um, she handles the ball really well, had four points uh, in the game. I like Danielle Rowland. Although in the second half, she didn't play that much, but but I thought she was a, a solid uh, player. And again, another softball player, Maria Simpson, gets a lot of minutes um, for uh, Um So I can see how Elganac got off to the 4-0 start, but they've got to figure it out because they've now lost four straight. Yeah. Uh,
2: Marine City, on the other hand, like you said, after losing their opener to what is now a 6-1 clausen team they have just been on a roll haven't lost since november 30th that is uh that's impressive and they have some nice wins uh the saint Clair win in overtime is a quality win remember their first one of the year they beat south Lake 45 31 cavaliers are seven and two now that that win has turned out to be a really really nice one they and beat- they've
1: got the two Good freshmen, like, that, yeah. Like, that I are saw them play really
2: Saint Clair. That they took it to Saint Clair. Uh, they they beat Northern on the road. They beat Cousin O, a team I saw on Monday on the road. Marine City's hard to not buy stock in right now. They're eight and one, and they have a huge showdown coming with Marysville uh, tomorrow.
1: Right? Yeah, yeah. And and that was the other thing about it that I mentioned before the game Monday at my pregame like, trap game. You just played St. Clair in overtime on Friday. You've got the Marysville game coming up on Thursday, and here you are on a sleepy, cold Monday having to play a game Monday in Elgin. Monday games
2: are always tough, too, because most of the time you don't get to practice the day before. You're coming in a little rusty. Um, if anything, you got maybe a
1: shoot around, but you didn't get, like, get a chance to go back, and Monday games can be tough. Yeah, and they were ready, and they came out and right away established uh, themselves and – we're red hot from beyond the three-point line. And then they turn that into, okay, okay, now we've got you watching for the three. Now we're going to throw it inside and pound it to uh, Chloe Austin and pound it to Dietland, and we're going to beat you there.
2: Right. Real quick, since we mentioned a Marysville got a win, too. They beat Roseville, yes? Yes. What was the final in that one? Uh, I don't have that one. I, oh, oh, I thought we did. It, oh. wasn't,
1: it wasn't listed. Oh, it wasn't.
2: Hold on one second.
1: Let I me do know it. that they played in one. Hold,
2: hold on, thought thought we had that. Sorry, my bad. Um, Marysville played, or maybe that was last week. Oops. Well, was that now, Friday? Now I look. Yeah, must have been Friday. Okay. Now, now I look dumb. So uh, Marysville will have they a did little bit of time Rosso. off. Yes, that was
1: their last game. That was their league opener. Yeah. Why did I think that, that was, was the same night that yeah that yeah, Saint Clair? Why did I think that was Monday anyway? Anyways. He's Monday, Emily City did play. Yes, Emily City
2: did play. They got the win over Cusno 40 to 34. And, like, that's a nice win for Emily City. But I'm sure if you ask them, they played like a B minus performance. Like, they had lulls where they weren't able to score. Um, they still handled Cousineau just fine. It never was really in reach. They got out to a 10-1 to 1 lead to start the game, and then they would get anywhere from 6 points to 18 points, and it just fluctuated in there the rest of the game, and they they handled it. Mary Langeman, 24 points. She uh, just kind of did her thing and probably felt like she could have had 30, too. Like She played well, but you know there's more there from this M.L.A. City team. Five threes from the Spartans. None of them coming from Mary Langeman. Anna Langeman and Lily Langeman had two each. And J.F. Forty hit a three. Lexa Forty had five points as well. And they held a, a talented Cousino team. No one from them scored more than seven points. That was Demaya Asbury, a freshman for Cousino, But they they handled their business. They win their 20th straight at home. And, yeah, M.L.A. City looks to be as
1: good as we thought they so, were so basically though you only need to know two names and, yeah and at, you've got everybody <laughs> on emily say <laughs> if you know how to say langaman and and 40 yeah and you know how to say everybody. at name. one
2: point <laughs> the lineup out there was anna langaman lily langaman mary langaman jay 40 and Lexa 40 out there so <laughs> uh yeah it's it's when they're moving the ball like when they, they pass really well you when just they're use going first names there. at that point yeah because <laughs> Langaman takes a while to get out of your mouth
1: and And you said there's another Langaman on JV. There's
2: another Langaman, that's a freshman. So, yeah, that's uh, that's not going away anytime soon. <laughs> so, yeah, they they take care of business. They are 6 and 2 on the year and yeah, I don't I don't see anyone that's from what I've seen at least, it's going to be a tough out for M.L.A. City, especially in BWAC play.
1: Uh, the uh, other uh, – some other BWACs, three other BWAC teams played on uh, Monday. Armada lost to Oakland Christian 52-44. to uh, 44. Uh, Again, they, they went to Oakland Christian, and I've, I've been in that uh, gym. It's about the size of this room that we're mm-hmm. in, um, and, and it's I, – I, I, that's a tough place to play. I saw Mooney's girls play a playoff game there last year. Um, Deckerville beats Richmond 41 to uh, 27, and Millington over North Branch 43 to 36. I actually think that's a pretty good showing for North Branch because Millington's girls' sports are in one of those swings where they're usually pretty tough. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of, I mean, BWAC non conference
2: action yesterday. Um, so. Yeah, MLA City, I think, still the front runner. Armada and Yale both at 3-1 and one in league play. And the one loss for Yale came to MLA City. And, yeah, so we'll learn more about that. But we have, like I said, some Mac girls basketball coming up tomorrow. That's going to be interesting. Marysville and and uh, Marine City play. And I believe St. Clair takes on Fitzgerald, if I'm not mistaken, tomorrow. Um, I could be wrong with that one. I've already been wrong once this segment, but no, we'll, we'll, we're starting to get some questions answered. And there, wh-
1: why don't we do this? Because um, there were a ton of girls' games played last night, too. Right. So let's just keep rolling with the girls, and then we do right. the boys in the next segment. Yeah, let's do that. Um, so uh, in girls' games last night, sticking with the uh, the BWAC, Yale lost to Kingston. to and when I first saw that, I was a little surprised because I I think Yale's a pretty good game. But then I remembered uh, Kingston was in a regional last year, the very regional I was talking about, up at Oakland Christian, Mm -hmm. uh, and they got to the regional final and actually were pretty good.
2: Yeah, and Kingston, uh, they're a small school, but here are some of the teams they've been playing. Cross-Lex, Eisenhower, Rochester-Adams, Saginaw, Yale. They've been playing a uh, a grown up schedule there yeah. with a lot of with a lot of big teams, and they've been playing with them. They lost to Ike by six. They beat, oh, they lost to Saginaw. That was the only one where they really got smacked around. But that's a good team, and well, they 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 got Yale at home.
1: Yeah, uh, a lot of action in the GTC East last night. Um, Marlette gets a win over Laker. 47-43. Uh, Sandusky wins again, 36-25. They beat uh, Harbor Beach uh, last night. Uh, Ubley beats KPAC, 47-27. And Brown City beat Memphis, 38-24. So there were some interesting matchups. So I saw the Brown City girls against uh, K-Pac over at SC4, and I thought that they were an interesting team um, and I think that's a, a, a nice win against uh, a Memphis uh, team that's been off to a decent uh, start, uh, too. But, again, Sandusky appears to be the team to beat in the GTC East, and nobody's been able to do it yet. And, again, they're in our top five What are the, uh, what rankings. What
2: is Demont now, like 21 or 22 away? He's
1: getting closer.
2: To the all-time record. To the all-time record. Which is just ridiculous. And I think even if he were to run the table all the way through the state finals, I think he'd be, like, too short this year. I hope he does that. Force him to come back for one more year. One more year, baby. Even if it's just for a couple games. Get the record piece (laughs) out after, like, game four. (laughs) Get to throw a big party for him right at center court. Well, you know that's a must-do game. We already have one Whenever he gets close, we're just gonna follow the Sandusky girls until he gets that record. Yeah,
1: yeah, you, you, you almost have to, don't you? Right. Like uh, uh, again, guy that's that's given service to the Sandusky community for thousand years. <laughs> Legitimate was he in the year like forty two or something. Yeah. I have to, let me double check, but. Yeah. Like I I I think about that sometimes. Like oh, I've been doing this for thirty one years. And I still have to go another decade to catch aldamot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that's something that we could do this for
2: thirty years, and I don't think we'd ever see someone break a all-time wins record because one, coaches just aren't around as long as they were. Just changing how it goes. Like if you're around ten years,
1: that's a long time. Yeah, it, it really nowadays. is. Like you're, you're right. When I, when I first broke into this business. Everybody had been at their job for 20-plus years. That just doesn't happen anymore. No. No, like, I mean, you, you can look at the basketball
2: coaches, look around. Uh, I mean, Brian jameson has been at Northern forever. But besides that, I'm trying to think who else. How long is so, some other guys? I mean, St. Clair, Marysville, Marine City, all have had some turnover yeah. in recent years. Port here on high. Richmond. Um, uh, Armada has a new coach. I think Kohler's been at Yale for a decent amount of time.
1: I remember him playing, so right. he hasn't been there that long. <laughs> you know, uh, Becky Gilbert's been at PH for a while now. Ratchy at Marysville. Uh, Marysville for a while. But he, but even Coach Shunk hasn't been there that long. No, Is he
2: just a handful of years. Yeah.
1: So I mean. They're, they're, well, McAndrews doesn't count. Yeah, McAndrews has been there for <laughs> 20 years because he started when he was like still 12. going through puberty. <laughs> Speaking of Cardinal Mooney, the girls lost to uh, Waterford Our Lady 42-36 in a uh, tight game last night. And two other girls' basketball scores, uh, Lakeview over Anchor Bay 47-23. to And New Haven Merritt got a 29-13 win over Burton St. Thomas More. All right. That wrap up the girls' basketball. That wraps action. up the girls' basketball. we got a lot of boys' basketball to talk about uh, when we come back from the break. When you run with us on a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention, the herd takes notice, and the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer.
2: and they stock tires for cars, trucks, SUVs, and more. Give them a call today at 810-364-4700. Marys or Goodyear, where your satisfaction is our guarantee.
4: Looking for that perfect first vehicle for your kid's sweet 16? Maybe you just want a quality vehicle at a fair price. Whatever your needs are, Jepson Car Company will take care of you. Located at 5277 Gratiot Avenue in St. Clair, Jepson has a wide variety of pre-owned vehicles that can fit your budget. With a great selection for first-time car buyers, check out their website at jepsoncarco.com. That's JEPSON Carco.com or give them a call at 810-662-3048 to find the perfect ride. Again, magna.com forward slash careers to join our team and create the future of mobility together.
0: If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports.
1: All right, lots of boys basketball. There was just one game on Monday, so I'll get that one out of the way right away. Marlette beat Caro 63-52. Marlett's been playing well ever since you saw him beat Ross Common. Uh, I I got him going. Uh, we knew that Miller was good, uh, but we also found out that they've got some other guys there that can uh, play as well. So
2: yeah, um, since uh, that game, they've won three in a row, and they take on Memphis at Memphis on Friday. And well, we can talk about that more on Friday's yeah. show. But that's going to be. Uh, That'll be a telling game because Memphis has played well, but let's see how they do when when, when some tough league games come around.
1: I like uh, Roberson and Brooks are the other two guys at Marlette that I uh, really like, and Travis Fuller plays hard. All right, we start with you. We start with me. Uh, well, let's uh, let's get to uh, to Marysville. They got their first win of the season last night. They beat Clintondale thirty nine to uh, twenty seven. Um, interesting ball game because offensively neither team wows you but defensively and effort from Marysville was at a max last night like I really thought that uh, they smothered Clinton Dale and really like and their kids were into it like Generally, you get a team. You're six games into the season. You haven't won a basketball game. You're not particularly playing good basketball. The guys are kind of down and out. Um, people aren't into it, like maybe mentally. You're not ready to go. Not the case. Not the case. Marysville was into it. In fact, it got they were so into it last night, it got their coach in trouble. <laughs> and, and I think we'll save this for the third segment. Okay. Uh, and, and talk about that because a couple of things have happened this week that I want to talk about. Okay. Um, and, and This and, time
2: he's surprising me, folks. And, and, and
1: while well, Coach Shunk's situation is, is one of those things that, that I want to talk about, but he got a, a double tech last night and, and ejected from the game. Which when I and saw... And I didn't think it was justified. When
2: I, when, when I first saw that, I'm like, oh, because if you've ever seen Eric Shunk coach a basketball game, he's very passionate. He, he, he likes... He wants to defend his players when he feels they are wronged. And... But... This is the second time this year that he's actually kind I don't wanna say turn the other cheek, but like and the S C four showcase there was the most obvious goaltending that has ever been missed ever. <laughs> so much so that I had to ask another person sitting next to me if that was a goaltending because I thought my eyes deceived me and he was calm about it. But anyway, get to the rest of the game because the Vikings did get a win, and like you said, they played really well defensively.
1: Yeah, I mean, they gave up five points in the first quarter, four in the second, and five in the, the third. So Clintondale had 14 points through three quarters. They scored 13 in the fourth in basically what I'll call garbage time. Right. Uh, cuz there was never really a threat to uh to Marysville's lead. Um, Cole Bowman I think has stepped up now, accepted the role as the guy scored 19. I think this is 3 games in a row where he's been 15 or better. I know he had a 21 point game last week and then I think he followed it up with a 15 or 16 point game.
2: I, I don't know what he, I don't remember exactly what he did at Lakeview if yeah, he got and, up and, there all And on, then he check. had
1: uh, 19 points. Uh, in this game last night. Uh, Tyler Simpson was really good last night for uh, Marysville uh, with uh, 13 uh, points. And just everybody in in general gave them a real good effort. Even the guys that didn't score a lot of points, everybody defended like mad last night. Uh, And like I say, everybody, even the guys that weren't getting into the game to play were up on the bench and into it. Uh, and everybody is supportive of everybody, and that's really good to see because, again, I've been around winning teams and I've been around losing teams, and with losing teams, you can see how fast it can unravel and get away right. from
2: you. Right, right, and that's something that you always hear coaches talk about. It takes no effort to do X, Y, and Z, Well, or no talent to do X, Y, and Z, and while well, at least Marysville is still – doing X, Y, and Z, showing effort, getting excited on the bench, things that as a coach you like to see. And I know Coach Shunk was very happy when I talked to him. He said they executed the game plan pretty well. They had a good scouting report going in. And, well, he was he was happy to see that defensively they played really well and they were playing hard.
1: You know, and, and the, the coaches were working it too. They were into the game last night offensive and defensive substitutions at the end of the game, making sure, you know, that they had the right guys on the floor when uh, Clintondale had the ball and making sure they had the free throw shooters in mm-hmm. when they had the ball. Uh, I thought they did a really good uh, job with that. That's a nice win for Marysville. Hopefully they can build from that. They've got PH next, which you know is going to be another big emotional game. Uh, and, and I really think uh, that you're going to see a lot of energy in the gym Friday.
2: Right, yeah, that's Friday night. I'll be there, but we have a lot to get to before we get to that. I got to go see Almont for the first time. First time we've done a game from the Raiders gymnasium, and uh, it was an interesting start. Crosslex and Almont came out. Flying points were being scored everywhere. It was 19-15 to 15 after the first quarter. And I'm like, all right, let's do this. Track me. <laughs> and Almont comes out of the second quarter, or the break at the end of the first and the second, and bam, five points. They're leading Croslex 20-19. to 19, And I'm like, winning on the road is really tough in the BWAC. This could, like... Does Almont have a mind for an upset? Because it's getting to the point where it's either, okay, it's going to happen. It's like it's going to be close the rest of the game or Croslex is going to pull away. And, well, after Almont took the lead 20-19, to the rest of the game was 53-30. to
1: and so it was Cro- just Croslex being Croslex, and Croslex got mad,
2: <laughs> and they started playing much better defense, shutting down Almont. They would win the second quarter. They ended the second quarter on a twenty-one to four run, and didn't look back from there. Sage Slanek was sensational in the first half. He had twenty-four points. He hit four threes in the first half. He finished with thirty-five, which I think is a game high in boys that we've done for someone not named Jameson. Uh, he was, but like, he he could have had more, too. He had a couple threes that looked like they were going down and then popped right back out. They were good shots. Uh, they they were playing really nice. Uh, Zach Kretch actually had 11 points. Donovan McDonald with eight. Trey Kolakovich only had six. Jake Townsend just had five, but Kolakovich doing what he does defensively, forcing pressure. Jake Townsend played really well defensively, had a handful of steals, had some nice assists, and they they showed why they are continuing their streak, which I'm just going to keep saying it, so if it does end, you can't say I jinxed it because I've said it five times now, they haven't <laughs> lost a regular season game that they've played in 747 days as of today, and they haven't lost a BWAC game in 1,058 days. That they've played. That they've played, because there was a forfeit last year, but when there's been two teams on a basketball court, they haven't lost a BWAC game since, I think it's February like 24th, of 2019 or something, whatever 1,058 days ago is from January 12, 2022.
1: Well, they've got to go to MLA City later uh, this week. That's Friday. yeah. Uh, and MLA City got a nice win at Yale Real last quick, night. Real quick, I do want to mention some players for Almont. They have – a nice
2: collection of players, but at least last night they didn't have one go-to guy. Like Rich Rocky is a nice player. He had eight points. Clayton Roschewski had eight points as well. Logan Walton's a big guy that can stretch the floor a little bit he had seven Blake Campbell had seven actually all but one Elmont Raider scored but the only the problem was their leading score only had eight yeah they didn't have one guy when they needed a bucket they could give it to um, but they have a lot of nice pieces um so I, Matt Meese only had two points I thought he played all right Hayden laavera is another big guy for him.
1: Elmont's- I love – okay, so those are two guys that are football – La Cavera is a tight end yeah. in, in football. If he played at a school that threw the ball, he'd set every record in the state. The dude's a monster. And uh, Measle, I don't know what he's like on a basketball court, but on a football field, he's the fastest guy out there. Because
2: they, they do play hard. and It's just a matter of getting the buckets because you saw that they are up 20-19. to 19. Ten minutes into the game, and then Croslex started to figure out. The press started working, but uh, yeah, Elmont three and three now. Croslex seven and zero, and Sage Slanek with an absolutely sensational performance. Yeah,
1: I, I saw twenty four at halftime. I'm like, Sage is good, but Sage is like. 10, 15 points. Good. Right. What is he's, this? He's
2: usually the guy that will fill the stat sheet, but never have one eye popping number. Like, he'll have 12 points, eight rebounds, three steals, and two blocks. And you're like, that's a really good game. But for him to go off, I mean, he ended up hitting six threes. That helps. That gets yeah. you 18 points right there. He was getting to the free throw line. He had two and ones. A really, really nice performance for the senior uh, to lead his pioneers on the road because as you mentioned they have to go to MLA city friday and the spartans got a win on the road yeah a
1: 50 41 win at uh yale uh and at one point in the second half yale got this down to to one point uh and then uh they they got cold uh or MLA city locked down yeah they yeah yale stopped
2: it was 34 33 at the end of the third quarter and then the final was 50 to 41 so MLA city kind of put it into another gear in that fourth quarter
1: we've been seeing that that's a pattern we've been seeing this year in basketball where we've got these tight games and then one team really opens it up in the in the fourth quarter and wins the quarter big and wins the game big right it was kind of
2: stop start because at the half it was 20-5-13. to, 5 to 13. MLA City looked like they were going to cruise. Then the Bulldogs go on a 16-2 to 2 run before uh, kind of uh, maybe they they used up all their energy to, to storm back, but they couldn't finish it. Uh, Callie Newberry was at that game. She was covering that. So MLA City gets a, a much-needed win because they had struggled. I think they were on a three-game losing streak, if I do recall correctly, before uh, the, the, this win and... You know M.L.A. City, Cross-Lex, yeah, they lost their last three, is going to be a fun one. Not fans of each other. They only played the one game a year ago. And, well, everyone remembers how that went. And you
1: know M.L.A. City's been chomping at the bit to get back uh, at it. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like they should walk into the gym Friday night at home with a chip on their shoulder with something to prove. Yeah. you. I'm just, I'm just telling you, you know
2: – That they are being reminded of what happened the last time these two teams played, uh, that Croslex beat them 90 to 18, and that they're better than that, and they get them at home. Dennis, you'll be at that one. I expect I expect you to walk into the gym during the JV game and feel the tension in the (laughs) air.
1: (laughs) And uh, I know Yale's struggling right now. That's still a good team and a tough team to play against. And. They will knock teams off before the year is done. Yeah,
2: they're four and four. They've actually they were they were four and one before losing to St. Clair, Cross lex and MLA City. So three really good teams. They look to bounce back at Algonac. Uh,
1: one other BWAC game last night. Armada beat Algonac 50 to uh, 26. Not really surprised there.
2: No, Snezak had twenty. 20- points in that one to lead all scorers uh Rollins had 11 and Camden Kahn had eight uh for Algonac it was Parker Daughtry with eight points to lead them um one note for Armada is uh Nooncaster who I saw in game one has been out for a while um don't know when he'll be back but he was a nice player that you could tell. Has the talent, but needed to kind of get comfortable with the system. Disappointing that um, he's been out in for for a while now, yeah. and Armada has been trying to find their way. And well, hey, that's a BWAC win. I know it's not the 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 most eye popping win, but it's it, it's it's a good one for them. And they're trying to show that they are one of those top teams in the BWAC this season.
1: Um, we mentioned Marysville's win to get it started, but it was a pretty good night in the MAC for area teams. St. Clair beats Lance Cruz 62-59, to 59. and I know Lance Cruz's record is not great. Karan Williams would be yeah, that, that's the second-best
2: top-five player in our area, maybe second-best. Um, he plays uh, AAU basketball on the same team as, as Tyler Jamison, or at least did, um, and... They have some talent. He actually had 30 last night, but Lance Cruz uh, wasn't enough for him. 62-59 the final. Jared Cramp had 16 for St. Clair. Kai Pennewell, 15. Cam Bleasdale and Hunter Richardson had 10. So that's four different performers in double digits, and I didn't even say Eli Lorz. Didn't name.
1: say Eli Lorz didn't mention an Ellis. Right. And the one
2: thing that uh, Matt Dislerath was very uh, – complimentary of is he's like yeah Eli didn't score a lot but he did a really good job handling pressure getting them into sets getting them up the floor and just kind of being that calming presence where they're not just running around he was able to get them into their offense and they win a close one and the Matt Gold's gonna be tough for them really outside of like East Point, who's been really struggling this year, every game's going to be a battle for St. Clair. But that's a nice quality win at home.
1: Yeah, uh, Northern, I think this is a good win for them. They beat Utica 52-48. to And the encouraging thing about this is Jamison scored less than half their points. Yeah,
2: 23 points, 15 rebounds. But Evan DeLong
1: with 11 points.
2: Luke Maher had nine as well. If they start getting more of that, watch out yes yeah and while they're gonna have their maybe biggest test of league play going to lakeshore on friday but that's a very nice win over a utica team that you know we kind of were like watching that one closely going okay what is this team going to be in well they get the win at home in a close one but yeah, for Northern, that's a very nice win, and it's nice to see DeLong kind of get get his double-digit performance. Yep. Hopefully that keeps him going, and, and Maher has been getting better as the year
1: has gone on. Uh, two straight wins for the Big Reds. They beat Sterling Heights 59-34. to uh, 34. They have had back-to-back dominating performances. Now, I know it's Clintondale and Sterling Heights, but you're supposed to crush those teams, and those are teams that... In recent years, PH hasn't always crushed. No, no, and well, S- Sterling Heights is yeah, they are really down, which just
2: blows my mind because it's. I mean, in all sports, I remember them beating PH for a Mac Blue title about ten ish years ago. I remember them being undefeated in basketball and having great talent, and it just seems like mm-hmm. you would. De La Salle steals all their good players. <laughs> apparently because (laughs) you would think sterling heights would be a school with 200 you'd expect them to be like clintondale or madison size Mm -hmm. where you can get a bad class to come through but they are a class a school and they are struggling but like you said dennis port here on high they did what they needed to do and they just took it to them that's all you can ask for Uh, three players scored in double figures Port here on high, led by Connor Rosenau. He had 14. Nate Oriole had 11, and Aubin Wallenfang had 10 points as well. He was 6 of 6 from the free throw. And line. that's
1: almost a carbon copy of what they did to uh, Clintondale, where you had uh, 15 for Rosenau, 12 for Wallenfang, and 11 for Oriole. Yeah. So that's two straight games that they're, they're three. Um, uh, you know, guys that they lean to for scoring have come through for them.
2: And Aaron Smith added nine. He had eight points in the second quarter in that game. That, that's, so, that's that's huge. a very
1: balanced attack,
2: and that's going to be tough if you have four guys that are putting up eight to fifteen points in a game. Marine City's kind of going through it right now. Yeah, this is this was a disappointing result for me. They lose. At center line uh, by a score of fifty three forty five. I know center line can be a tough place to to play, but that's the second straight Mac Bronze game they lost, and that was a a Marine City team that I was thinking could win the Mac Bronze, and now you maybe can slip up one more time, and you're just two games in. You basically have to go. At absolute worst seven and one down the stretch,
1: which I think they're Not capable, even down the stretch I think they're capable of yes, but
2: that's still tough to do to ask a team, knowing that your back's against the wall two games into your conference season when a lot of people were
1: hoping that they would be the favorite there. I know I was well, again at, at the start of the year, I wasn't quite sure what I was getting. With uh, Marine City, but as the the games have unfolded, we've been kind of impressed uh, with uh, the way they've played. But uh, and again, it's, teams aren't blowing them out, but they they've had a couple of tough uh, losses here that have kind of I guess caught us off guard.
2: Yeah, I I think that's the the best way to put it is it did catch them off guard because I know Madison and Centerline are probably the two next best teams in the uh, Mac Bronze. But even a split here, you're like, all right, hey, you still control your own destiny. Now you probably need
1: some help at this point, don't you? Probably. But, again, usually that happens. At some point, there's a game out there that you're not expecting where somebody – Drops one that that you think they're supposed to win.
2: They've lost three of their last four. They lost a thriller with Saint Clair. They beat Algonac, and like I said, they've lost a the center line in Madison Heights. Madison center line just three and two on the year. Uh, they they beat Clintondale by just three points. That one is that feels tough. Uh, Madison is five and two. They have losses to Warren Lincoln, who's really good in Royal Oak. So. Yeah, that's probably two teams at the top of the bronze. But, again, Marine City's going to have to basically go into playoff mode here from here on out. Yeah,
1: Just a couple other max scores. Lakeshore beat Anchor Bay 61-44. to Gross Point North over New Haven 63-58. Mooney wins a rivalry game last yes. night. They get a 61-56 win. Uh, over Royal Oak Shrine.
2: Yes, they do. And a very nice performance. Brian Everhart hits four threes, has 19.7 assists. Trent Rice, 18 points, nine boards. And Ryan Trombley had 13 points. So three big scorers for uh, Mooney. Scored, and that's a, that's a nice win at home to start off league play. And nobody got hit in the face, as far as we know. <laughs> no, we haven't <laughs> seen any videos, so it's a little bit of a disappointment. We're, we're
1: gonna we're gonna be talking about that one forever.
2: Well, because the best thing is, is Folsom got a awesome great, video, of great it. shot of it,
1: perfect shot of it, which is, and it was right from the angle where I saw it from yes. too. So it's like exactly the way I remember it. Yes, and <laughs> you can hear the. Th-
2: thud (laughs) echo out and the kid just looks at him like are you like why did
1: you just do that Uh, i i can laugh about it because he was all right right because when he first got hit i'm like oh no that broke his nose or uh, had to have broken his nose but he was all right
2: yeah So he just was like he he gave you the look he gave his teammate the look of are you that stupid (laughs) you know when your friend does something you just look at him like did you really just do that that because the ball was still alive and everyone else is chasing after and he's like Really?, <laughs> yeah,
1: it's like the the game's on the line. They need the basketball and they need to chuck up a shot or they're going to lose. And he was just like stunned, and yeah, didn't even make a play. Just three other uh, scores. Deckerville beat Caseville 51 to 49. New Haven Merritt got a win over uh, Burton, St. Thomas Moore, 58 to 45, and I saved this one for last. Landmark 92. And uh, Flint School for the Deaf, 17. All right. I want to know who the Lakers' leading scorer was. We got to get that. They scored 92. Somebody had a big night. Yeah. <laughs>
2: so, uh, d- uh, I think that's it for boys' scores. So, we want to go to our last segment. And, and you want to bring up an issue for us. Yeah, right?
1: I just, you know, we'll we'll, we'll talk about a, a couple of things that have actually happened this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and, and kind of get get your thoughts on it. I, I think we're in a similar, I don't think this is a debate. I think this is something we're going to agree on.
2: Your satisfaction is our guarantee.
3: This is Lucy Harris. I'm a class of 2022 senior, and I play on the golf team at Port Huron Northern. As a Port Huron school student, I had the opportunity to participate in the most extracurricular and academic opportunities in the region. I can even earn free college credits from the Blue Water Middle College. At Port Huron Schools, I am treated as an individual and my teachers care about my specific needs. After graduating, I plan to study abroad and attend college to eventually become a teacher. That's my Port Huron School story. What will yours be? Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools.
0: If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports.
1: Uh, all right. Uh, hockey last night. Fenton beat uh, Thumb Legion 6-2. to two. We've got hockey tonight on Stream 1. Orchard Lake St. Mary's will be at McMoran Arena to face port here on Northern. And uh, I'll have the call for you beginning at uh, 6 o'clock tonight, again, on Stream uh, 1. So we get a little high school hockey break here in the middle of the week before we round out with basketball again on Thursday and Friday. All right. So last night in my game, Brady, uh, Coach Eric Schunk got uh, teed up twice in about 30 seconds. Um... And was ejected from the game uh, in a situation that I thought was just stupid, uh, and that so, that he didn't deserve these texts. He didn't do anything wrong. His kids didn't do anything wrong. Uh, after I found out the the full story through you, because you talked to him last night after the the fact, but. Uh, Okay, So, so.
2: first of all, from my
1: perspective, I'm
2: at the game and I'm looking, trying to get scores at halftime. I see, oh, Shunk got kicked out. I'm like, so I'm expecting, like, one of his players went up for a layup and they got clotheslined down and then they called a charge. Like, I expected something like that because, like, to get kicked out, you usually have to just go crazy. It's only happened, what, to one other coach since we've been doing this and we've probably done... A hundred plus basketball games.
1: Yeah, and and even uh, when it happened to uh, to Mike McAndrews last season uh, in that uh, playoff game, again, Mike earned his first tee. Right, but he, he wanted was def- it. He was defending, you know, like his. It started actually with his scorekeeper getting teed, and then you know he wanted that first tee. The second tee they gave him was a joke. Like, he was having a normal conversation with a different official. Right. Like, he left the guy that was angry at him and was having a calm conversation with one of the other officials, and he ended up getting a second tee, which I thought was overkill. But, but last night, so to kind of set it up for you, the fouls were a lot to Marysville, hardly any, to Clintondale for two and a half quarters. Mm-hmm. Um, now, were Marysville Fouls fouls? Yes, they were. They were earning their fouls. They had about 16 to 18 fouls, and Clintondale had about three or four. Which, and I think you told me this,
2: Eric Schunk was not protesting any of the fouls called on Marys.
1: No, he, he was very... Calm through the whole thing. He was coaching his team. He was talking to his players. He knew he his team was playing hard, fast. defense. Yeah, he wasn't squawking about, oh, you know, we we can't get a call. And was Marysville – or were Mary? I don't know. I don't know how to talk anymore. <laughs> uh, Marysville was fouling more than Clintondale was. But Clintondale had more fouls than three or four. Right. It wasn't 18 to three. It was 18 to 10. 10, yeah. Some something, something like that. So initially, they had an inbounds play in front of the Marysville bench, and I thought, okay, this is an opportunity for him to calmly express yeah. to the official that's there for the inbounds, hey, I'd like to get a call sometime tonight right.
2: and if you I mean, which is a
1: common thing that coaches do oh, all yeah. the time if
2: when, especially when we get to sit by the scorers table for games you'll hear coaches just go like hey it, it's not nine to one we we, we aren't fouling more than that like some some sort of quip like that because ve- like there are times where yes the fouls are nine to one but most of the time it's not
1: but then I found out after the fact yeah. that actually what he got the tease for were defending his players uh, because and, – and it was going on all night long. I told you that Marysville was intense and they were into the game and the kids were up on the bench clapping the, the big defensive plays. Mm-hmm. Like a, a guy would do something good on defense and the bench would stand and applaud and root their guys on. Sometimes while the play was still going on, like – they'd throw the ball into the post and Marysville would deny him and the kid would have to throw it back out and the kids would get up and go that's the right. way to do it you know which you see that with
2: a lot of teams yeah. like that, like when the bench is into it especially when you get those long possessions where teams try to get it in and they have to reset and then, like they do it two or three times the bench starts to get into it heck you'll hear me say during a game like oh it's kicked back out and the team bench is you know, is, is getting into it now getting loud and yeah. it
1: happens all the time. Yeah, and it was going on all night long, so why it was a particular big deal at that point, but apparently the official had come over yeah. a- as they were playing. He's like, no, they have to sit down, whatever. They didn't like, I guess, when there
2: was a loose ball, kid jumped on it, kids got up. I guess the official took exception with the kids jumping up.
1: Well, whatever. Eric Schunk sat in his chair and did not raise his voice and was having this conversation with the, uh, the official. It was the official who got agitated, not the coach, and somehow in a 30-second span, a coach who never got out of his chair, never raised his voice, ended up with two tees and getting kicked out of the game in the middle of the third quarter. We have rules for sportsmanship. I didn't see any unsportsmanship in that situation, and I feel like the Marysville coach got hosed. Now, the other example that I want to use was Monday night. You came back from Imlay City, mm. and you were telling me about a cousin o parent. Yeah, there was a couple. Complaining about the Imlay City student section? Yeah, so
2: basically what I think happened is the parents were frustrated. cousin o wasn't playing great, and the one fan was getting on the official a lot, and, and then... And then the ad comes over, just you know, when when a fan gets unruly, very calmly just comes over and is like just talks to him, you know. You see you see it a lot a lot. They like didn't kick him out. It didn't escalate. He did a good job of calming it down. But I could hear because I keep the one head headphone off when I'm doing it. He was complaining about how the student section wasn't being sportsmanlike because of, and I thought they were very timid in that game. Like they. Didn't have a lot of chance. Like, I don't know if it was because it was a Monday or what, but like they had a few normal chants at the end. They were chanting like "warm up the bus," things like that. Yeah. Whatever things you hear at every the, high school the, the, game. The common and,
1: ones are like "you can't do that." Yeah, like general. stuff like that. Yeah, they also airball. Like, they did the
2: thing like when they do the starters for the other side. The don't care yeah. chant and like things that if you watch any high school or college basketball game with a student section
1: worth its weight, does those things. Uh, The the, the fact of the matter is. And it's part of the thing that makes basketball fun. Yeah, if no one's swearing and being vulgar, and if no one's making any personal attacks on a person, you know, like uh, you you shouldn't be calling somebody fat or stupid or whatever. As long as none of that's going on. They're kids. Yeah. They are kids, and it's been as tough on them as the rest of us these last couple of years. Let them blow off a little steam at the basketball game and have some fun bouncing up and down and doing their silly which, chants, which everybody does for both teams. If Cousin o had brought a student section, they'd have been doing the same thing. And parents, shut up. <laughs> Just shut up. You're an adult and you're complaining about a 15, 16-year-old. Yeah, you're, you're, you're supposed to be an adult watching a high school basketball game. Look, I know you love your kids. And I know you want to see them do well, and I know everybody wants to win. Winning's more fun than losing. But sometimes you have to put life into perspective. Nothing is going to change in the world tomorrow, no matter who wins or loses that basketball game. Nothing. Your kid's not going to the NBA, not happening, unless – their last name is Jameson or, or Williams or something. They're not even getting a big college scholarship, and, and you're not going to watch them in the NCAA tournament. It's not happening. That's life. So just relax and enjoy the game and cheer for your kid and cheer for the other kids on, it, on his team. and And just shut up. You're not a referee. You want a referee? They have a referee shortage. Go get a striped shirt, learn how to referee. But it's always the loudmouths at the game are always the last people who would actually get a whistle and get involved in a ref- referee. So anyways, you want to talk about poor sportsmanship. In that situation, it was the parent who was the poor sport and should have been removed from the situation. Uh, and in my opinion, the guy that should have to miss a game is the referee who gave out the two T's? Now you're circling back to the Marys. Yeah, yes. be, be, because in 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 as a as a bystander, doesn't matter to me who wins or loses. All I hope for when I do a game is that it's a good game, right? That's what I'm hoping for. Good game, nobody gets hurt. Let's have something that's entertaining and and enjoyable. So uh, we're we're talking about sportsmanship and, and things, and to me, it was the official who was being the bad sport in the one situation, and it was the parent who was the bad sport in the other situation. And yet, in my mind, no justice is served. (laughs) Well, and
2: just a rule of thumb, if you're ever going to try to, I don't know, go toe-to-toe with like a student section or student fans at a game and you're an adult, it's probably a bad idea and you're not going to win.
1: Well, you're just going to egg them on to do more. Right. You're not going to stop them. No. You're, you're going to fire them up and make which, them louder. Which, by the way, like like I said, I thought that student
2: section was pretty tame for that game. Uh, Lord help that fan if he was at the Marine City St. Clair game I was at because that got loud, that got
1: intense. And oh yeah, the the that's maybe the best student section in all of high school sports is that St. Clair student section in their gym. They go bonkers. If Cousineau's got to play a game at St. Clair and it's going south on them, what's that person going to do then? Yeah, that's... Uh,
2: yeah, that is probably one of the toughest places to play because, yeah. Anyway, yeah, because um, Eric Schunk won't be able to coach the Port here on high game on Friday. Which
1: is a shame because, again, unless he said something under his breath, which I don't think he did, like, I don't think he dropped any right you know then I can understand it just seemed to me like the official was agitated and was the instigator in that uh and and he just he wanted to give somebody like a he tee. had decided
2: before the game he's teeing somebody yep. up tonight yep
1: he, he like came in in a bad had a bad day at work I'm teeing somebody up tonight which for the most part the I think the officiating has been decent It's the first time all year that I could remember that I even commented about officiating. I've had about
2: four or five games this year where I've gone, what the heck is going on? I don't think I've shared this on the air and enough time has passed since this game that I think I can, it'll stay discreet. But I was doing a game at a gym where I was at floor level. So I wasn't up in any balcony. So on the floor level and before the game, an official comes up to me while I'm on the air doing the pregame and asks me to turn down the music. <laughs> and at that point, I knew that it was going to be an issue with officiating tonight. <laughs> and there was an issue with officiating that night. And i that was one of the times I was like, oh, wow, this is going to be bad. <laughs> I don't know if he thought I was a DJ or what. He must have. But I had a headset on and I was talking about the game into a microphone and he came up to me and tried to talk to me while I was on the air.
1: I've had that happen to me, not from officials. but I've had people come up and, you know. Right. Can you announce? It's like, what are you talking about? Aren't you listening? Like, what? I'm talking right now and you're not hearing it on any speakers, are right. you? Right. I'm not the PA guy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but
4: yeah, that happened,
2: and that's when I knew that that game was going to be. That one was going to be one of the few handfuls of games where I'm like, "What is going on?" But yeah, I thought last season I don't know if I had more than one or two. This season already, I've had a few, but for the most part, I think they've done a pretty they've done a pretty good job.
1: Uh, I I would agree with that, and again, I understand like the whole shortage, and th- this wasn't a rag on officials. Dennis segment. is actually uh, more pro-official than a lot of people. Yes, because I've officiated. Yes. It's not an easy job. And sometimes you really don't want to be there. Like, you know, I did it when I was a lot younger. So I was working, going to school and officiating and officiating was a, a way to have money to put gas in in my car and be able to do stuff on, on weekends. Right. Uh, and it paid for my hockey at at that point because I was at the age where my parents weren't going to pay for my hockey anymore. (laughs) I had to do it myself if I wanted to keep playing. Um, And and it's like you have days where you got up at five o'clock in the morning to start your day. You had a rotten day at school. You had a rotten day at work. And now you got to do two rec league games that are garbage. And then the next officials don't show up. So you end up doing Four games when you're only scheduled to do two? Oh, and your partner didn't show up, so you do all four by yourself. And by the fourth game, you got Schmo Schmerdly, who thinks he's uh, Michael Jordan when he's not. Squawking at you? Yeah, I'm going to give a T. <laughs> uh, so I get that. I get that. But, I mean, most of the time, they make the right call. Most of the time, the calls that people complain about, unless they they're the coaches and players because right. they understand the game. Uh, are, are rules that people don't understand and they don't know the rule exactly. Like uh, I, I am convinced that there is no parent in the world that knows what over and back is and there is no parent in the world that knows what three seconds is.
2: <laughs>
1: but they all scream over and back and they all scream three seconds the minute the ball is inbounded. And I will admit <laughs>
2: when I played in most sports, I was hell to officials especially in football because, good Lord, if you can be a football official, please officiate GLIAC games. They need people to do it. They are so bad at it. Um, (laughs) But anyway, uh, yeah, like I was rough, and I think now that I'm like a neutral party, even if I don't agree with it, most of the time I can understand where they're coming from. Like I can see what they thought happened, and yeah, but anyway –
1: yeah, the only place where I've ever been brutal is in the minor leagues. Those guys are, are getting paid, and they're supposed well, to be is different professional. different when you're doing it professionally when uh, you're doing it for high school. And, and yeah, uh, I mean, I understand officials at all levels get paid. But if you're a pro official and your goal is to get to the upper level, I expect better, and so I would. You can go back through all my tapes. I'm pretty brutal on refs in the UHL and the IHL and the various leagues that I worked in, but there's a different standard right at, at that point, but and in and in high school sports, for the most part, they do a good job and the other thing is is they're honest. Even the guy having a bad day is still being honest. Right. So, anyway, that went longer than i thought it <laughs> well, would i just you know it, it was one of those things and it kind of was stick especially when i got the full story uh on the on the technicals and and it's always bothered me when when you get uh parents complain like, like about us to let the kids have some fun can can, can we like i say as, as long as nobody's getting hurt let the kids cut loose and have a little bit of fun right like let them
2: you be know kids like you know what a student section is going to be like yeah like you need to mentally prepare yourself for yeah they are going to get on kit other players and if you're not mentally prepared
1: to deal with that, and the, Don't and, go to the game. And the bottom line is it wasn't the kids that was bothering him in the first no. place. It was that his team wasn't playing well and that they were losing, so he just decided to take it out on that. Yeah. And my response to that is grow up. The kids are behaving better than you are. Which they were. Okay. So, so that, that's that for me. Where are we the next couple nights, Dennis? <laughs> I got hockey tonight uh orchard lake st mary's port you're on northern from mcmoran arena six o'clock on stream one all right and tomorrow uh where am i tomorrow is to tomorrow i am in croswell yep croswell north branch girls basketball and i am in marine uh marine city for marine city marysville right yes it's in marine city it's the in first marine one. city all right Sounds good. And then Friday night, I'm in Emily City, where I hope the student section is as rowdy as they want to be for Emily City <laughs> Oh, Cross
2: you know that game. <laughs> I'm a little jealous you get to do that game because...
1: You get a pretty good one Friday, Oh, too.
2: I do, too. But you know that that is a game that has been circled on a couple calendars for over a year now. Should be interesting. Yes, it should be. So, anything else before we wrap this up? I'm good. All right, sounds good.